This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the preview show brought to you by the Known and Never podcast in association with the TalkSport Fan Network. Listeners, it's been a whole month since we last spoke to you. We have, have, of course, been in the World Cup winter break, which has been a very strange feeling for all of us. But we're back. The Clarets are back in championship action this weekend with an away trip to QPR. And I am joined this weekend by the Beautifully, wonderful, enigmatic Charlotte Rigby. Charlotte, the girls are on fire. How are you, my dear? I'm good, thank you. I can't believe that it's actually nearly been a month since that last game, since we were all celebrating that amazing win. And I'm so oh! excited to get back to yeah, so excited to get back to football in ways. I know we're in the World Cup and all that, but it's not the same as it as the Burnley games, is it? So I'm very excited to get back to the to the league. Yeah, me too. I have enjoyed the World Cup, actually. And I don't know how you feel about this. I was very conflicted with this World Cup, as most of us were. Um, I didn't feel like I should participate in it. I didn't know right up to the opening game whether I would watch it or not. I've, I've often, I've tried my life to walk the talk. And, it's you know, it, it felt very hypocritical being <clears throat> um, critical of the Qatari um, human rights breaches and obviously the horrible, you know, circumstances r- r- surrounding the um, people who helped build the stadium to then go ahead and cheer the World Cup and make it a success. But it, it, I did decide to watch it in the end, so I am very aware of my own hypocrisy with this. Um, but I have enjoyed it. How, how have you found it so far? Yeah, I've enjoyed it. It's a shame, really, the timings of the games. I've missed a lot of them yeah. um, working and things like that. I've I've caught a couple of them while working night shifts and things um but i i haven't managed to get into it as much as normal for definite um again like we say the the circumstances surrounding it but also just the timing of it i find that um when it's a summer world cup you it's a very family based thing you can go out and about get down to the pubs there's beer gardens involved things like yeah, that and that's true. the world cup i kind of know um whereas a lot of this i have kind of been seeing it through social media rather than actually being able to watch the games just because of the timings wise the games I've watched I've really enjoyed apart from the um 
England USA game, which was really boring, um, and I was upset that I actually managed to watch that. Oh. Uh, but the other ones that I've watched, I fully enjoyed, and I shall be watching on um, Saturday evening work allows so um as long as i don't have too much to do there i shall be watching that game as well and i've definitely got more into it the better we've been doing yeah. so that's, oh, that's yeah. one thing for sure very fair weather fans aren't we um looking yeah. ahead then to that england france game it feels very unfortunate that this team has got to meet france so early on because none of us want to get knocked out in the quarterfinals it just genuinely feels this england side is better than what a potential quarterfinal exit will look like if we do end up going there that said world champions probably going to win it again it's no shame to go out to France but it does feel like I wish we'd have got them in at least the semis or the final yeah I completely agree when when I saw that was coming round I thought a bit of a shame that you you wanted to see England really get through a couple of rounds and have the chance to properly perform um but you know it might not be the end of it we might have a good game on Saturday in a you know, France have had a couple of upsets already. We could be one of those and uh, and do well and get through to the next round and then we'll all be even more involved in it. Yeah, we will. Um, I don't know if you're the Rigby clan have done this, but one of the things that I've particularly enjoyed about this World Cup is my dad essentially using the World Cup as a Burnley shopping list. Every single game, he tends to zone in on the best player and, and just be sending me a message saying, I think we should sell. the last one was, I think we should sell the crown jewels for that Portuguese lad who scored the hat-trick. Yeah, I think we might be a bit bit far down the, the queue for that, Dad. Um, apparently, his heart's broken that Mbappe is French and not English. And just, just generally speaking, just the, the sweeping for the World Cup, my dad now thinks that VK can get every single player in from the World Cup. Um, I guess from who you've seen so far, if you had, if money was no object and we got taken over by like billionaires tomorrow and we could sign up who we wanted, who would you pick from the World Cup? That isn't Mbappe. You're not allowed to pick him. Oh, that's Sorry. rude. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's rude. too easy, Charlotte. It's too easy otherwise. Right. I'll go with the next easy one and anyone can say anything about his age, but it's got to be messy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. see, imagine you'd want to see him do it on turf more. Yeah. You'd want to see that just for the experience, <laughs> not even the amazing footballing ability, just for the experience of mess it at turf more. Okay, I'll let you have that one. It's freezing that one. weather. It is. Uh, listeners, that is your first call to action from this new uh, preview show, please. I want you to drop us a line on socials, usual channels, and let us know who is in your shopping list from this World Cup, who isn't Mbappe. You're not allowed him. Um, so, yeah, you drop us a line. You know how to get in touch and let us know what we are doing. So, back to the preview show. Let's move away from England. Who cares about England? The climates are back in action is what we want to do now due to the extended break for the world cup we very sensibly decided not to leave you with a quiz question last time i think dave had a little bit more foresight than i did and didn't choose one however the regular quiz question feature will return at the end of this episode so to test your clarence knowledge you don't have to do anything other than stick around hang fire to the end of the show and we will reveal this week's quiz question so we are, of course, Queen's Park Rangers, Sunday, so Sunday, it's not a Saturday game, 11th of December, 1pm kickoff, which is live on Sky TV. The Clarets are back in televised action. Uh, we're going to head over to our good friend and resident statistician, Dave Roberts, who's going to give us the championship head-to-head. Burnley and QPR have spent a total of 18 league seasons together in the same division before the current campaign. Five of those seasons were in the top flight, 
but we're going to be focusing on the previous second tier meetings and specifically those which have taken place at Loftus Road, which has been QPR's home since the First World War. During the 1970s, we visited Loftus Road on three occasions for second division matches. Burnley lost 3-1 on New Year's Day 1972, in a match which was featured on the BBC's Match of the Day. The Burnley Express reported the words of an interested spectator, the England manager Alf Ramsey, who described the result as daylight robbery. The cameras were at QPR again the following season to record Burnley's 2-0 defeat in January 1973. However, both teams went on to gain automatic promotion, with Burnley winning the title by a single point. However, those two defeats were nothing compared to the humiliation of our next second division visit in October 1979. The match of the day cameras were there yet again, as young goalkeeper Billy O'Rourke was helpless to keep out an endless string of chances on his debut. The match finished 7-0 to the home side, which was more of a reflection of the Burnley defence than our young goalkeeper. There was just one second division visit to Loftus Road in the 1980s, and that was in October 1982. After leading 2-0 at the break, we suffered yet another away defeat, this time by a 3-2 scoreline. One mitigating factor was the pitch, which had been relayed the previous year with a synthetic surface, and the Burnley Express headline of Hysterical If Only It Wasn't Meant To Be Serious reflected the level of farce that occurred as a result. We then jump ahead to the year 2000, in, and in the October of that year, John Mullin scored the only goal in the 70th minute to earn all three points for the visiting Clarets. Our next visit in October 2004 saw Burnley go down to a 3-0 defeat, but we earned a point in a 1-1 draw in January 2006, as Chris McCann's early goal was cancelled out by Gareth Ainsworth just before half-time. In February 2007, Burnley lost again. This time the score was 3-1 to the home side, but there was another away win in 2007-8. Although you'll have to wait for the details of that one, as it's going to be the topic of this week's memory match, which we'll cover in a short while. This was also the point that Burnley's record improved, because as well as the victory in the 2007-2008 season, we won again in 2008-2009. Dexter Blackstock put the home side ahead in November 2008, but goals from Robbie Blake and Alan Marne gave the Clarets another vital away win. Our only other three second-tier visits since then have all ended in draws. In October 2010, we had to rely on a Graham Alexander penalty to earn us a point in a 1-1 draw, and then in February 2014, we thought that we might be on the way to victory when two second-half goals from Sam Vokes put us 3-2 up. But Modibo Maiga scored again for Harry Redknapp's side with 10 minutes to play to make it 3-3 in what was a thrilling end-to-end -end match between two teams riding high behind Leicester City towards the top end of the table. Finally, in our last championship season in 2015-16, we played out a 0-0 draw in December 2015 in a tough match, which was also Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank's first as QPR manager. Overall, Burnley have won three, drawn four and lost six of our previous 13 second-tier away games at QPR. But with no defeats in the last five games in that list, we'll be looking to extend that run on Sunday. OK, our next feature that we always tend to look at, which Dave has very kindly put in our 
uh, group chat for us is the players who have played for both. Who in our history has featured in the Hoops and the Clarets? Are they the Hoops, Charlotte? Who's keeping on the Hoops? I feel like they're the Hoops. Is that their nickname? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. I think I'll have to Google it as it well. It will do. Well, you've had access to that, so I'm going to let you have first dibs on this. Who out of both of those did you see? Um, who particularly stood out for you as a fan favourite? Oh, well, I saw four that were together, one after the other. So if mm. I have to pick one, I'll go with the last one of that four that are there. And my one of my ultimate favourites and the biggest heartbreak when he left has got to be Tom Heaton. Every day of the week. Aww. Yeah, absolutely one of my favourite players of all time. Um, I'd still have him here. I'd have him here. I'd have him here probably until he were about 80-odd and still starting, <laughs> just for sentimental reasons. I absolutely love him. But the, the ones before that, Charlie Austin, again, I absolutely loved Charlie Austin. Me Got a cat too. named after Charlie Austin. And then we had uh, Dimani, gotta be, and Clark Carlisle just before him. So those were the four that really stood out to me on there um, as my definite fan favourites. And I know we've got some certain fan favourites of Dimani out there as well. So yeah, it's definitely. nice to see his name on there. I know. There's been some quite a few key players who've played for both as well. One of the ones that stood out for me was our ultimate utility man and the guy who... Poor guy who just didn't get the credit deserved, which was, of course, Jeff Hendrick. Um, played 139 uh, games for Clare. It was only 10 for QPR, so I don't think he was there particularly long. But um, I was always a fan of Jeff Hendrick. Lovely hair. I always, played with, I always felt his performance was reflected in his hair. Um, Andre Gray, as well, in there. A massive contribution to our last um, championship campaign, did Andre. He, he had 28 appearances for QPR. Um, for those... Slightly older. Oh, goodness me. Charlie Austin had 134 appearances. Charlie Austin played more for QPR than he did for us. That surprised me quite a little bit. Um, going back to some of our more mature fans uh, on the preview show, we have Chris Woods, Gareth Taylor, Arthur Nohere, Bradley Orr, Keith Law, and then going really back in time, Dave Tonnes, Leighton James, Billy Hamilton, Martin Busby and Paul McGee. Some absolute diamonds in that list. Do let us know, listeners, on the usual social channels if you've got any particular memories of any of those fan favourites. Okay, we're heading back to our resident statistician, Dave, who is now going to talk us through what he's picked for this week's memory match. We kept back a special Burnley win against QPR at Loftus Road for this week's memory match and the match in question took place on a Tuesday night in February 2008. Things weren't looking promising when Gavin Marne put the home side ahead with a header after 14 minutes and it got worse when Patrick Aguimang doubled that lead on the half hour. However, Andrew Cole gave the 766 visiting Clarets fans some hope with a goal four minutes before half-time when he cheekily flicked the ball in from Joey Johnson's free kick although nobody was really expecting what happened after the break. Burnley levelled the scores 11 minutes into the second half, when substitute Adiakin Byscross was volleyed in past Lee Camp by Andrew Cole for his second. But the Clarets weren't finished there. Adiakin Bay got his name on the score sheet with a header after 77 minutes, and there was still time for Andrew Cole to find the net again before the end to complete his hat-trick and seal a rather unlikely turnaround. Cole took away the match ball for his hat-trick, and his manager Owen Coyle said, There was never a doubt in my mind about Andrew Cole. I knew that he had the desire to show what he can do. Andrew brings belief to the team and it's not just goals. He leads the line and brings other people into the game. 
It certainly was a memorable night in West London for those Clarets fans who were lucky enough to be there in 2008. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, last on the checklist then in preparation for this weekend's game is the referee. Now, Peter Banks of Liverpool will be the referee at Loftus Road on Sunday afternoon. After spending three seasons on the list for the second, sorry, for the select two group, he has been a select one group referee since 2019-2020. That means he usually takes charge of Premier League games. Uh Uh-oh. (laughs) <laughs> Sunday will be the seventh time that Peter Banks has refereed a Burnley match and we have only won one of the previous six. That is ominous, Dave. Um, that was a 2-1 away win at Rotherham United in the Championship in October 2015. However, three of the other five were draws, including the 1-1 against Preston North End at Turf Moor in September of this season. He's also kept his red card in his pocket in those previous six games, which is good to know. And the only time he has sent a player off so far this season was the Oriol, Man- was, sorry, Oriol Mangala of Notts Forest in a League Cup match against Spurs. Okay, Talk me through, young uh, riggers. What are we thinking? We've had a break. We don't really know who's going to start. We've not really had that much detailed analysis of what our injury situation is like. The only major factor that we know is, of course, our star boy, Anna Zorori, is still at the World Cup. His Moroccan team have also got through to the quarterfinals as well. So we will be without him. Um, But other than that, what are you expecting? You know, you're expecting... Us to just pick up where we left off. Do you think it'll be a quieter game? Talk me through it. How are you feeling? I'm certainly hoping we can pick up where we left off. Um, that's one of the hopes. Again, like we say, we've been off for four weeks. Some of the, well, a couple of the lads have been out and about. So a lot of the lads have been on holiday while well, looks at things, probably enjoying themselves, having a de-stress, well-deserved. Um, like you say, we're missing Zahuri. He's going to be quite a big miss. It's not like we don't have the other lads to come in. I'm sure he'll have a play about with Benton, Teller, a couple of those, bit, maybe a bit of a change in formation. Um, like you said, with regards to the injuries, we haven't had much information on that yet. I wonder whether that will change um, over the next day or so if we get any information on uh, the likes of Jay um, trailing off Twine when they're going to be back with us. Not really expecting chilling off or twine over the weekend, but it'd be nice to see Jay back um, if we were from the understanding that he wasn't far off the Blackburn game. Then he's had four more weeks, you know, he should, as long as it's been not as bad as we were told, should hopefully be back for the weekend. Um, 
having a quick look at QPR, I think they're six in six, if I'm right. Yeah. Um, and they've not had the best form over the last five games or so. They've only picked up a point. Um, but like you say, you can't always guarantee that because they've had poor form that they're going to come back playing that way, especially with the break. So my hope is that we can definitely pick up where we left off. Um, but I'm hoping even if it is a bit of a quieter game, um, that we can hold our own away. Uh, and that really I'd be hoping for, for a win just because of their form recently and our form recently. Um, there should really be one stronger team. Um, but nothing is ever as it seems in this way and age. So I'd be looking for, for hopefully a win and possibly possibly 2-1. I think we might at least let a goal in, you know, just to warm ourselves back up again um, we like seems to be liking doing that at the moment giving people a head start um, and then hopefully we can come back and claim all three points definitely um, I, I mean I, I presume that everything was done behind closed doors and that was deliberate um, wanting to keep everything very very tight lipped but I was expecting to see more in terms of mid pre-season friendlies we didn't really seem to get anything in terms of match fitness under our belt. And, and I'm genuinely confused as to how this game's going to go because a winter break is just something that none of us are used to at all. Um, one of those things that we've talked about is obviously Jay. We don't know whether he, like you say, whether he's back or not. If Jay doesn't make it, given that spectacular performance in the East Lanks derby, do you start with Ashley Barnes up front, or do you maybe just put Nathan Teller up on his own? How, how, how do you deal with the striker situation, Charlotte? If Jay's not fit, I start Barnes up front. He's absolutely shown that... You're so biased against not... Barnes, love. I love him. <laughs> I love him. I will stand by his side the whole time. I, if he never scores a goal in a Burnley shirt again, he's solidified his legendary status at that East Lanks derby. And... After all the chat, you know, he's passed it, all this, that and the other. And then he pulls out that performance. He's had four weeks to recover. He can pull out another performance like that. Let's get behind him a bit. And I think it'd be so impossible now if Jay's not fit to turn around to Asher Barnes and go, I'm not going to start you after yeah, he's done that. I agree. It's extremely difficult to do that. I think give him a chance, see what he, what he comes up with. If after, what? the first half is not really showing that much interest or, or early second half that much interest. Swap it about a bit, but I don't think we can really not give him a chance after the way he's performed. And like I said, it might be a once-a-season thing that he's, he's not going to do again. And But we need to give him the chance to show us that and get the chance to prove that one way or the other is it can start or, or not, you know. I don't think it'd be fair just to write him off again because he's had one good performance and that's what we're going to expect. And like you say, I'm biased. I love the man. He's great. I think he's fantastic on and off the pitch, which is proven in some of the recent comments, which I thought were quite funny. <laughs> well, yes, exactly. We do need... Can't, can we talk about that? I think we can talk about that. I genuinely thought when I first saw that... Um, I thought it had been photoshopped. I genuinely thought that that had been photoshopped, that... Um, BBC Lancashire um, interview where he referred to our neighbours down the road by their, shall we say, less formal name, the one that we know them all as. Um, I genuinely thought, and then when he got charged by the FA, it, it genuinely, I was genuinely gobsmacked. I didn't think it was real. I mean, God, give him the keys to the town. I mean, you're going to say this anyway, short because you're a massive Ashley Barnes fan, but that's, do we think he did it deliberately or do we think it was just a slip of the tongue? I think it might have been a slip of the tongue. You know, it's. I know when I've been talking about them in a, a more professional capacity, shall we say, that I've sometimes struggled to use the correct <laughs> name yeah. for them. Um, and 
if he's been at Burnley for quite a while now, you know, and that's the way it's gets referred to by the fans. That may be how they talk to each other in the dressing room about them. And I genuinely think it was a slip of the tongue. I, I knew it was real because, as people were pointing out, it quickly got deleted and then was only shared on oh, did like, it? football uh... community. Yeah. So it got deleted <laughs> and then there was just like screen recordings of it being shared from oh, the people Ashley. that were super quick to get the recording. But I think it was a slip of the tongue because I think if it was deliberate it would have looked more obviously deliberate where it, it just said it quite naturally in conversation I think yeah yeah me too um bit, I of banter. bit of banter love it and and i think ashley ashley barnes has always stuck with us and he does get us so i think it, it was nice to see um i guess the only other thing from a formation point knowing that the one guarantee is that zorori won't be playing he is still in qatar how do you deal with that do you just do a straight swap and put Johan on the wing or do you maybe try something slightly different? you got any thoughts about that? I think at the moment, with the fact that the team's been playing so well, um, we wouldn't want to uh, disrupt it too much. Agreed. Um, we'd be looking maybe, Johan's had some good games where he's come on or um, he played, I think it was a Crawley match, he played well against those as well. And I think having that straight swap option would be beneficial, get him in, start him. And then, like we say, we can see how the game goes. Um, and if we are needing to change formation after a little while, then we're very welcome to do that. But I wouldn't want to disrupt it too much with, with how well we're doing at the moment. Mm, good, good stuff. Give me a score prediction then, please. Uh, 2 1. Who's going to score? Oh, Ashley two, Barnes. I'm going to say, assume 2 1 <laughs> to Burnley. Ashley yeah. Barnes, are you kidding, mate? Ashley Barnes. Barnes show. Charlotte Ringo. Yeah. Well, I've only said it because you've been being you've been being horrible about it. So <laughs> Ashley Barnes and Teller. That's what that's who's scoring. And if I'm being more realistic, then uh, Teller, Teller twice. <laughs> Charlotte knows, listeners. She can give me all of the lips she wants, but she knows. She knows I'm right. Um, well, listeners, you know the drill by now. We want your score prediction, please. You can tweet us at None and Ever. You can leave a comment on our Facebook page, or you can email us at previewshow at noneandever.net. Drop us a line. Let us know how you think the game is going to go. We're going to hand back over now to Statman Day for one last time, who is going to delve deep into those pockets of his and give us his miscellaneous stat of the week. We're almost halfway through the current league season and Burnley's excellent start to the campaign meant that we went into the World Cup break three points clear at the top of the Championship. It's interesting to compare our current position to our previous two Championship campaigns. We're two points behind our same stage points total from 2013-14 when we were one point clear at the top on 43 points. But we are six points better off than we were at the same stage of the 2015-16 season, when we were in fifth position on 35 points. Both of these previous campaigns saw very strong performances during the latter stages, and we know that Vincent Company's clarets will need to be just as relentless between now and May if we are to experience yet another promotion to the Premier League. FPL, obviously nothing's happened since we last had there because the FPL has stopped as well as everything else. I don't know whether Adam Dennett, our resident FPL expert, is going to give us any pre-recording of the FPL tactics. So I'm just going to leave a little marking here, listeners. Um, and by the power that is vested in producer Matt, if 
Adam does want to give us some talk, he's going to drop in after this and you'll hear it. If not, we'll go straight on to this week's quiz question. And that quiz question is, you see, I had to link that in then, Charlotte, because I don't know whether or not listeners heard that plus Adam or that then my voice again. I need to try and make that a little bit slicker if possible. Listeners, I don't know what you just listened to, so we're just going to say it anyway. We have a quiz question. Statman Dave has left you your homework for this next week, please. He has asked you the following question. During the World Cup break, Burnley discovered their FA Cup third round opponents as they were drawn away to top flight Bournemouth. Way back in the 1946-47 season, on the way to reaching the FA Cup final, Burnley, who were then in the second division, beat three top flight opponents, being Villa, Middlesbrough and Liverpool. However, since then, Burnley have only beaten six top flight teams in the FA Cup while they were outside the top flight. How many of those six top flight teams can you name? I can name one straight away. Oh, I'm really rubbish at questions. 1-0 at Turf Moor with an own goal. And it was the only way we were going to score that game. And it was a big name. It was a big giant killing. And I, most of our listeners will know who that is. So I'm going to leave that one there. Um, and then we'll have a think about what the other ones are. I th- Actually, I think I can maybe think of two, actually. I think I can think of two. So there you go, listeners. See if you can do better than two. Um, you know how to give us your quiz question answers, please. You can uh, drop us a DM on Twitter, please, so other people don't see your answers. And uh, leave a message on our Facebook page, which actually kind of defeats the object. Because you know what? It's Christmas. Send them in how you want. Public or not, just get it out there. People can join in. Um, listeners, that is all we have time for this week. It is our first uh, preview show back since we had the World Cup break. Hopefully, by the time we play QPR on Sunday, we'll also be looking forward to an England semi-final. That would be rather marvellous. Um, but either way, those of you who are travelling down to Loftus Road, safe travels, Godspeed, and bring those three points home. I think quite a few of the non and ever team will be in London this weekend as well, so come and say hello if you see us. My thanks as ever go to my colleagues Charlotte and Dave for uh, contributing to this previous show. Take care of yourself and take care of your others, listeners. Until next time. The Non and Ever podcast is brought to you in association with the Talk Sport Fan Network. Natalie Bromley is the host and editor, and the show is produced by Matt Moss. Our resident statistician is Dave Roberts, and our FPL expert is Adam Dennett. The analysis show team is collectively Tom Whitaker, Richard Steele, George Poole, Charlotte Rigby, Adam Dennett, and Robbie Kopak. Our music is provided by George Gaskill, and our newsletter team is headed up by Jamie Smith. If you don't already, you can subscribe to our newsletter by visiting nonadnever.substack.com. Our thanks as ever go to our partners, TalkSport. We are, as ever, proud to be part of the TalkSport fan network. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Work. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.